Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Marley. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Parent Pod. This feels very weird um, doing Catherine's job. It, it does. <laughs> um, it's just Marley and I here today. Catherine is camping, so she can't can't be here for the what's on top today, but that's okay. She's where are they? Um, um, Margaret River. Yeah, sounds very yeah. lush. It does. It sounds lovely. And the weather looked amazing as well. So, so good. Classic Perth. Yeah. Lucky. Oh, I know. God. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just same old, same old, really, mum life. How yeah. about you? Yeah. Same, really. Just yeah. kind of, it feels like Groundhog Day a little bit. It does. It? Yep. It really does. But how weird was it last night having it get dark at like six thirty, seven o'clock. It felt so bizarre. It really, really did. Yeah. Yeah. How were you two like, with, with daylight savings? They were fine. I think um, like Layla started losing the plot a bit um, in that like last stretch to bed. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we've also just um, started dropping her third nap. So that didn't really help either. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she was really good. She went to sleep and slept really well, which is nice. She just woke really early. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of to be expected. unavoidable. Eh? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How were your kids with it? Not too bad. They, yeah, they both definitely like lost the plot at kind of mm. five o'clock. Um, yeah. I was just like trying to keep the day at normal time. So I was like, we'll have dinner at 530 but by five o'clock, I was like, oh, shit, they're really hungry and really tired. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just, like, they both went to bed at about 6.30 and then, yeah, woke kind of early. But that's okay. I think yeah. it'll just take, like, a week or so to push it out, really. Yeah, I think so. But we'll get yeah. there. Yeah. But, yeah, what's on top for you at the moment? Um. Well, I've just got, like, a slight dilemma. Oh, yeah? With, um, like, preschool and stuff. For Mila, so I just don't know if I should move Mila to my preschool or mm. keep her at her preschool. Um, and I'm just like, I've just got this internal, like, it's really stressing me out. But <laughs> oh, so it really hard. shouldn't be. What? Yeah. Like, what's your reasoning for not moving her? Um, she's really settled. She's been going there for over two years now yeah um she's got really good friends we love the center and the teachers yeah (laughs) um yeah so I think like she's just like really settled there and um like we really like it and you know I was a bit gutted that like I couldn't send Layla there you know yeah just like obviously it's so much easier for her to come to work with me yeah um, but like we just really like it and it's close to home as well so um, like those are some like points of why but, but do you think it the... will make your life so much easier just having the three of you in the same place it would yeah it would make my life a lot easier and like the fact that I wouldn't have to make lunches it's all included it would 
work out like way cheaper. Yeah. Like way, way cheaper. I think I'd honestly yeah. This is a classic mum guilt. Like it you is. know it would be easier for you, but you've got guilt taking her out. Yeah, it is a mum guilt thing, I think. And like my friend said a really good thing to me. She said, Who are you friends with still from preschool? Like It's so true. And I know all of her friends after talking to their parents and things like then none of them are really going in to the same primary school. So right. um Yeah. I suppose it's just one of those. And she's still got two years at preschool. Like, she will make such good friends at this new preschool. And it's, I don't know, I think for kids, change is actually not as hard as what we think it is. And it's not a bad thing for them to have to learn to adapt with change either. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, my God, what if I don't work there for two years and I'd need to change her preschools again, you know? Yeah, true. But you'd be changing Layla as well. True. And And I would probably change them back back to that one. Yeah. So... Yeah. Oh, I don't know, Georgia. <laughs> I just wish someone could make the decision for me. Yeah. Like, it would be so easy. Because when I said to Zane, oh, I'm thinking of doing it, he flat out said no because she has such great friends at that preschool. He's yeah. like, no, we're not doing it. And I'm like, I tried to talk him to, about, like, talk to him about it. And he kind of came around, but, um, yeah. I think deep down you know you should move her, but you just feel guilty. And I think as soon yeah. as you make the decision to do it, then you can just let go of that guilt and you know she'll yeah. be totally fine. And yeah. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You think, okay, she doesn't like it here. We'll just move her back. You know, yeah, it's not the it. end of the world. No, that's it. I think I would definitely, if she didn't like it, I would move her back. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, that's just me. I'll just be stewing over this for the next however long. Maybe we can do a... Um, poll the listeners yeah Yeah, I actually was thinking maybe I might do a poll tomorrow and or like the next day and ask people what their opinion or like send us a message if you've had to do this before let us know yeah yeah that would be great um so what's on top for you well I'm worried that Harry's starting to go (laughs) get into the terrible twos oh yeah oh no just like yeah recently we've had a few not not meltdowns or tantrums but like getting him off the trampoline at night to go have a bath Mm. or a shower it's like he's really Mm. started to really put up a fight for that and it's just weird he'll like burst into tears and kind of scream and then all of a sudden like a switch will just stop and then go and do what we want him to do Oh no! Yeah, Harry. It's yeah. Um, oh my god, it's a tough time. Yeah, it's just navigating something new. And I guess like when Flo was born, there was a few, not necessarily like behavioural things, but you know that was a big adjustment period for him. But yeah. this is just this is something different, I guess. And it's just kind of seeing those wee tantrums come through and. Yeah, um, I know it'll just be a, another phase and something else to to deal with. But I mean, sometimes it's quite cute. And you have to try really hard not to laugh. I just, oh my god, I just like just, I don't know if this is the right thing. I just tried to like get on his level and just like kind of let him do it. Yeah. And then when he was ready, I was like, okay, let's go. And then he was fine. Yeah, um, I think it's really hard. Like you're doing all the right things. But it's just like, I feel like as a parent to like a toddler or, you know, like a young child, you're just constantly bargaining with them. So as long yes. as you're like, you know, 
if you do this, you know, then we can do this. Yeah. It's like you just have to constantly have stuff up your sleeve. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I think like last yeah. night rather than being like off the trampoline, you're having a shower. I was like mm. off the trampoline, would you like a shower or a bath? Yeah. So it's, Do you know um something, I don't know if you already do this, but something I follow with like the that big little feelings. Yeah, that's so good was the giving time so like I always say to me like right five more minutes or two more minutes and then we're leaving uh, okay and usually I'll I'll remind her I found like we had such like leaving the park a massive change in being able to leave the park when I'd say right in five minutes we're leaving so you know go and do what you want to do for that time and then it was kind of like a, a pre-warning to her to know that we we're leaving without it being so right we're going now and she didn't have that time to kind of wind down I don't know that's such that is such great advice thank you because I yeah. feel like you know after dinner I often go out on the trampoline with Harry and it's really mm. nice just like our time and then all of a sudden I guess yeah. I'm like right up where we go and he's yeah. like no I'm enjoying this time. yeah so, having yeah. fun yeah so that's a you great can try tip. that I still, I like do it now. I even, um, cause she, I mean, she's obviously a little bit older and next level. I actually sometimes just do set the timer cause she actually enjoys hearing the sound of the yeah. timer and knowing that that's the end of yeah. that. And then she moves on to what she's supposed to be doing. Oh, but yeah, I, I found really great advice and I, I heard it in that course. So, um, and once I started doing that, I saw a massive difference okay. and, um, like, being able to leave places that is really good to know or stop doing things you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. okay I'll definitely try that thank you give it a try yeah Yeah, you're welcome right should we get into this week's episode we've got a really good one with Megan so um it is a lovely episode yeah yeah full of good stuff it is enjoy yeah (laughs) enjoy Today we have Megan from The Birth Globe joining us on the podcast. Megan and I actually went to high school together, so it is so special to have you on today. Um, Megan has two gorgeous sons, Finley and Louie, and is a lover of all things pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, and the journey into motherhood. She's a childbirth educator trained in hypnobirthing and also a healing birth practitioner working with those who have experienced birth trauma. Megan is also the breastfeeding peer support coordinator in South Canterbury, supporting new mums on their feeding journey. You've got quite a full plate, Megan. If you haven't seen her page on Instagram, it's at the birth glow. Um, we really highly recommend checking it out as she offers incredible resources, workshops, and is always there to offer guidance and support. Thanks so much for joining us, Megan. Could you just tell us a little bit about your journey into motherhood? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to chat to you all. So I had my eldest when I was 18. I was like fresh out of high school, quite literally by a day or two, um, completed year 13. So I fell pregnant my last year at high school. Um, I was 17 and then yeah, 18 when I gave birth. I had my last exam on the Friday, went into labour Sunday night and popped them out early as a Sunday. That is, yeah, amazing. <laughs> and then what, like two weeks later you came to our like end of school leavers ball and you just had a baby and you looked yeah. amazing. Yeah, so I had like, I think it was three weeks after because I remember being really nervous about leaving him. And I remember being like pumping like in the oh. afternoon. I was getting my hair done and I remember like 
pumping milk to leave them for the first time. And of course, um, like our, our high school, your whole family came to the end of year leavers ball. And so we left and we're like my, our best family friend. And I was mm-hmm. so stressed the whole time. And he slept. He slept the entire time, didn't even know I was gone. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was really great. Like literally didn't miss anything. Completed high school. Everyone else just went out and partied on the Saturday and I just partied up at the hospital in labour so you are incredible and I honestly Megan it's not now until I've had kids that I reflect and I'm like Megan is incredible how did she do that do you know what like I think so much of it at the time I didn't know a single other person pregnant and I didn't know any, especially didn't know anyone else as a teenager pregnant. So mm. I just kind of got on with it. Like there was no background yeah. nor noise. There was no Instagram wasn't a thing. It was just me just having this little cute basketball bump and then a new baby. But yeah, I do look back at some of it. I'm like, whoa, that was crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> doing that by it's myself. It's so true though. Like nowadays the pressure from, you know, seeing influences and things like that. We've talked about it before, you know, they've yeah. got a four day old baby out for brunch and you're like... What the heck? I can't even get out of my pajamas. Yeah. Mm. I feel like life life would have been so much yeah. easier. Yeah, I guess in some ways, definitely, you wouldn't have had that whole comparison. Or, like, even I notice yeah. now, so I've got Louis, who's obviously 16 months old, and so this time I've been through that baby stage and now toddler stage with the online and all these mum groups and everyone on, on Instagram and things and I find I'm like I overthink heaps of things that I don't think I did mm. first time round. But in the same breath as well kind of contradicting myself yeah. how amazing are all the resources on Instagram like for example your own page. Yeah I think first time round so many things I did completely different this time because you know do better know better kind of thing Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of that is down to how accessible yeah. information is online. Mm. Do you think parenting's changed a lot in that nine years? Yeah, I really do. And even I look at like the health system and things like that has definitely changed. Like a lot of the recommendations for my first pregnancy to second were quite different. Um, Really? That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I do think parenting has changed. Like just Mm. for a bit of context, the school me and Georgia went to was girls only and I was the only pregnant person uh, at school ever, ever. We were like, I think I said to you guys, we were like an Anglican school. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So me and Georgia were laughing about it. But yeah, it wasn't like every year there was a handful that were pregnant at school or there was no teen parent unit at our school. It was a very... It was expected that you went to university and basically there was no other options. I think out of our entire year group, every single person finished school. There was no one dropped out of school and everyone bar me went to university. Wow. I was taking a year off to have my baby and then I was off to uni. So there was this very high pressure. So, of course, when I got pregnant at 17, it was like, like, what have you done Uh, kind of thing. Although the school was amazing. My friends were awesome. But there was definitely that pressure to succeed. So I think for me, having Finley, I became really obsessed with, I don't know if it's the right word, like making the right parenting choices as such. But Mm. I became really big on, like, attachment parenting. I sort of found out a little bit about that and that whole approach of kind of, like, baby wearing and having your baby close to you and that responsiveness. And I think that's sort of – I mean, obviously, it's been around for years and years. Yeah, so – everyone else went to uni to succeed and I just I just chucked, you know, like all my effort into parenting. So I think that's where I got like I got quite obsessed with it. 
and I also I loved it like oh god it was amazing it still is like it's I still am so like I'm so grateful that that happened to me when I was a teenager because I'm like oh I found my calling so early in life <laughs> yeah and I guess that's like lead, lead you on the path that you're on now hasn't it yeah definitely so what were the challenges of teen parenting for me so I was a single parent like I was I was single when I was pregnant and then obviously when I had Finley as well. So for me, it was quite, I don't know if it would be a challenge, but it was definitely unique, like compared to now what I've got to compare it to is yeah. parenting with a partner and with someone else um, because 100% of the responsibility and the weight yeah. of everything fell on you. Yeah. Um, so that was quite challenging. And then as well, probably the judgment, like teen, being a teen parent, that, that judgment of feeling like, like I was talking to a friend about this the other day, actually, that I couldn't say, oh, I'm so exhausted. I'm just having a really hard day today and I'm really overwhelmed because suddenly it was like, well, you're admitting to being a failure and society's kind of told you that teen parents are a failure, like you've thrown your life away. So I guess not feeling like I was able to have down days or the days that I felt were really hard parenting, I put it down to because I was a teen parent and not just because... I was a parent like because it's bloody hard for anyone yeah yeah and so not yeah Yeah. rather than just being like oh every parent finds this tricky or is sleep Mm. deprived or whatever at some point in their journey I thought a lot of it was just me being young Mm. or by myself so that was tricky and then yeah that was definitely a bit of a challenge and then I think as well being so young you don't take you go from like your parents parenting you as a teenager you never have really any, or for me, I didn't have any in-between time to really find out who I was or to make my own decisions or feel confident or comfortable making my own life choices. So I was very heavily influenced by other people's opinions on what I did with my life or how I parented, which for me, thankfully, I have an amazingly supportive family. They were just awesome. And so it was all fairly positive influence there, but really caught up on like what I wanted to study or what career or things was sort of about like what I should, what would be the right thing to do rather than what I wanted to do. So that was quite tricky. And the, the whole just, there wasn't a whole heap of time to relax and relax not that there is much time to relax when you're a parent but that whole, <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> like what is that but to just be a mom and to kind of find my feet on that journey and find where I wanted to go it was very much like what are you going to study what are you going to do how are you going to make a life for you both so that was constantly mm. kind of kind of overpowering everything else and it took me many years to I guess take some control over that <laughs> as well and find boundaries there so that was probably trickier being younger but then there were so many things that was so much easier being a teen parent yeah so like what can you tell us what the pros of being a teen parent were but the pro i mean i'm not here to recommend it to anyone <laughs> Let me rephrase. Not... can you tell me like your successes or um, that yeah. you yeah, just... um, experienced being a teen parent? and the things that probably really pleasantly surprised me like there was so much that i was like no one told me this amazing stuff everyone just told me how hard it would be and I remember it feeling I didn't have all the all the other worries that you do now when you've got kids like for me I could just focus on 
my baby in the sense of like I was living at home my mum still cooked me dinner she still did my washing Mm. like still did the housework I wasn't worrying if the shower was cleaned or not like Um, you know so yeah it wasn't on my radar to stress about that stuff because I had never never needed to before Mm. That's so true. So would you say the like mental load was quite different? A hundred percent. Like I feel yeah. the mental load was probably heavier on the pressures of who I should be. Yeah. But in yeah. the sense of like the mental load of what I should be doing as well as parenting, that wasn't there for me. And I think being younger, I like just, it was really authentic. Like my parenting, it was just so kind of, I didn't overthink it. It just felt really right and natural to me. Like, yeah, that was just nice I didn't that's so great you often hear like new mums or I do anyway in my sort of work and often feeling a real like loss of identity or a big identity shift because it is but for me it really didn't feel like I had lost my former life Mm. I guess we were at that stage of our lives where everything was changing anyway weren't we you know we were all heading off to uni so everyone's life was changing everyone Mm. was having this big change it wasn't like suddenly you're you know like now everyone's at work or careers or doing whatever and then you're having a baby it was like oh everyone's going through this change and yours is just a different different part to theirs (laughs) but still a big change Mm. yeah that was definitely something that I have found harder this time around having a baby than first time is kind of (laughs) like I guess my self-identity change Mm. Gosh, that's so interesting that um, that you did find those positives in something that potentially is an, an incredibly stressful situation to be in. Yeah. yeah, and as well, I look back now, and the weird thing is that I kind of look at myself as a team parent, and it's like I don't even really associate it as to me because it, I'm such a, like I was such a baby. Like yeah. if you look back to yourself yeah. at the age of eighteen, you're like, oh, I was such a baby. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like yeah, really. Me and Finley, he's nine now, and we have really grown together. like we've grown up a lot together and I think that's really special like we definitely have a really special bond it can be very fiery at times (laughs) but um (laughs) so now and now you work in this incredible space of you know childbirth education and breastfeeding and all things birthing Um, how did you end up working in this field and and when did you make that decision was it really early on in your parenting journey? So pretty much immediately, like I had Finley and I knew within the first, I mean, I don't even know if you'll remember Georgia, but like my friends thought I was crazy. I was like, had this newborn baby and I was like, oh my God, birth was amazing. Like I want to do that all over again. Everyone was like, bear in mind, they're all 18. Like what? Like isn't that meant to be the most painful thing ever? Um, yeah, that's all we'd heard. We'd heard like birth was awful. And then Megan's like, it was the best thing ever. And I was <laughs> like, just what? like... 18 (laughs) like what and so I knew really early on like that was just incredible for me absolutely incredible um and I became quite obsessed with it like it was probably the huge like oxytocin high (laughs) when you meet your baby and I just (laughs) I just floated on that for a long time and I became yeah as I say really really interested in it so early on with Finley and then when he was six months old I was asked to train um, as a breastfeeding peer support counsellor here in Timaru for, uh, I think it was Plunkett was still running it back then. So I did the training through that and that's to help other women in the community breastfeed and sort of that with any breastfeeding support and with the idea that 
I could help with younger mums um, as well. And so so I started that very early on and I really wanted to do midwifery. So that was probably where my heart was really set on and I actually like applied and I looked at the schedule and I got in and yeah, it sort of never... Hopefully it's a huge commitment. I was a single parent. You couldn't do it at the time in Timaru. Mm. There was a lot there. It just wasn't going to work out. But I knew like that's where my passion was, the parenting space. And I also didn't feel probably myself confident enough to guide other mothers or other yeah. people through that pregnancy journey when I still felt mm. like I had done something wrong. Right. So I definitely knew early on though. And then in 2015, so... Oh my gosh, that's seven years ago now. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Time needs to slow down. Yeah, I know. I was like, gosh, I thought that was just like a couple of years ago, but no, seven years ago. So Finley was, I think, coming up three and I trained as a hypnobirth educator. Yeah, so I sort of did that and I had been working as well in health up at the hospital here and working with like mostly dementia care. I definitely knew I always wanted to be in health. But women's health was and sort of parenting, I think, was definitely where my passions lied. And so I trained as a hypnobirth educator and I loved the training. Had you done hypnobirthing um, when you were pregnant with Finley? No, I hadn't actually done a proper like hypnobirthing course or anything. I had like read a few, I remember like reading articles about it, about it when I was pregnant and sort of did some of the like probably the visualization, the affirmations, some of the breathing, but not heaps in my labor with him and birth and it wasn't till after I had him that I ended up looking into it a lot more mm-hmm. and it sort of was like I want everyone to have a really empowering journey and so I trained in that and then I had Louis in 2020 20, and that was probably like my pregnancy then that really showed me this is like I this is where I feel I feel at home <laughs> like you know and I was like oh, I don't when I handed him my maternity leave to the hospital, I knew I probably wasn't going to go back to working in like aged care or end of life care that Mm, I really, once I'd had this baby, that was where my passions really lied. And yeah, again, I had him pretty much immediately. I had like an amazing birth with him and immediately I was like, oh, this is it. This is the path I'm supposed to be on. And by that point I felt like I'm older and I felt more confident and assured of myself and things. And yeah, so I applied to studied the diploma in pregnancy, childbirth, and early parenting through ARA. So I am halfway through that now. Awesome. Also trained as a birth trauma practitioner or healing birth practitioner last Mm. year. And I had first come across Carla, who I did the training with, like maybe in 2014 at a home birth conference, national conference, and thought she was amazing. And then by pure luck, I was one of the first group of healing birth practitioners to be trained in New Zealand by her. So that was very cool. Um, Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and now I am the coordinator for the program, the breastfeeding program that I trained in when I was like 18. So so that's how I've kind of got to where I am and that kind of side of things. And Yeah, and I've just set up my own. I'm very quite holistic with it all. I really want to get back to kind of your own innate ability to birth. And I just think showing women and their whanau and birthing people through pregnancy, their power and having trust in themselves and their pepe and to walk into birth feeling confident and to have an empowered birth experience Mm. gives them such a big step up heading into parenthood you know like you're not starting on the back burner you 
I'm already yeah. heading into this huge major life transition a lot more yeah feeling a lot more confident with yourself yeah that's awesome and you had Finley was born at the hospital wasn't he but Louis was a home birth yeah so like long story short I ended up with a forcep delivery in theatre um, and it was still so empowering and so amazing like I had with me my mum and my two sisters and I can like still remember I was laying on the bed on my back pushing and I remember just looking up and like their faces just beaming at me like so excited they're like go Megan (laughs) and yeah I was just was so excited I had him placed on me and oh if you if you know you know like that feeling it was just amazing oh holding him for the first time and things so yes yeah, so i had him in hospital that's how birth is supposed to be at the end of the day it's supposed to be surrounded by um like isn't that where the idea of like doulas come from and in countries all around the world you have your sisters and aunties and uncles and things not uncles sorry but women in the community all around you all birthing together so people aren't scared of birth because you've seen it happen so many times before yeah you're so right there about having so much support and love around you that's what you should have and you should just feel really like supportive having your village of people yeah Yeah. definitely and so for me that was my younger sisters and my mum yeah (laughs) first time around um and they were awesome and about I think he must have been two, two and a half, maybe Finley. And I went to a national home birth, um, Aotearoa, Hui, and conference. And I just learned about home birth. My own mum had had two home births as well, so it wasn't something that was oh. super um, like foreign to me. Mm. And I was just, and it actually hearing about home birthing stories and so much knowledge that was shared at the Hui made me realize like so many things that could have gone differently with my birth with Finlay, you know, like had I had been encouraged to move off the bed or to be in different positions or just different things. And it just made so much sense for me that I knew if I was to ever have another baby, I would want to go for a home birth if I was, like, healthy and well. Yeah. So who was your um, who was your support crew for your home birth with Louie? Yeah, so I, like, nearly invited everyone. <laughs> well, I did, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so... Any, anyone can come. <laughs> I was honestly a bit like, I was like, just w- come on in. Come on in, it's fine. <laughs> so I had... So when you birth at home here in New Zealand um, and you're under a LMC, you have them and you also have a backup midwife. So you have two midwives present um, and you also have... Well, for me, I also had a third-year student um, who I invited to my birth as well, and she was amazing. Like, oh, she was the best. So I had those three. Then I had myself, my partner, and then I had my mum, and I had Finley, who was almost eight at the time. Um, And our cat was also in the room at the time. (laughs) My two sisters were also invited, but they no longer live here. One one lives up north and one lives overseas. So it's like a little birthing party. Yeah, it was. It was. But I like still rang them in labour and still FaceTimed them as soon as baby was born afterwards. I still had like that whole village around me. So yeah, there was like seven people in my bedroom and. The thing no one tells you when you've got seven people in a in bedroom and you're birthing in it, it gets really hot. Like, <laughs> oh, temperature-wise, yeah. Yeah, everyone so got true. really hot. <laughs> Some everyone's Especially, body yeah. heat. 
yeah yeah but it was amazing and i just had this again super empowering amazing birth experience that just was everything i could have dreamed of um and was very healing to a lot of parts of my first birth that I maybe felt were you know hadn't gone quite the way I wanted it to go and yeah that's kind of where I kick-started off to be like ah everyone should have an amazing birth experience that's so cool um and you've mentioned that obviously Finley's nine and then Louis 16 months old so it is quite a big age gap so how have you found that that big gap yeah there's almost eight years between them and everyone said me and I think it doesn't matter whether you're like whether you're going for two under two or whether you've got like three under five or Whatever you do, or if you have a huge age gap, people always love to comment. Like, don't oh, they? Yeah. Like, oh for you gosh. that have all got too close to getting like, oh, you must be busy, or you've got your hands full. <laughs> people love yeah. to say that. Um, yes. it's, it's the same when you've got a big age gap. Everyone goes, oh, that's a big age gap. And you're like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, I'm yeah. very aware of it. <laughs> like, oh, is it? <laughs> Never crossed yeah. my oh mind. My gosh, I have two kids. Yeah. What? And so everyone loves to comment. So I actually got a little bit freaked out when I was pregnant. I was a bit like, how am I going to go back to the baby stage? Like I'm feeling at school and I did feel a little bit like nervous about giving up my time again. Like, oh, going back to it. Like it was so good. I could just drop him at school. He'd go to friends for sleepover, playdates, whatever. It kind of thing. So different. How was I going to manage the two? How was I going to manage after school activities and like a newborn that was cluster feeding or whatever mm. but it worked out amazing oh big fan of the big age gap here for me um yeah it works and I guess I don't know any difference I haven't got anything to compare it to but it's just they have the most special bond like oh they just adore each other um they get on really well and Finley was at an age that he could I could understand so you know, yeah. if he said to me, can you play a board game with me? And I was sitting feeding the baby or the baby needed to, I don't know, do whatever. And I said to him, well, I'm busy right now doing this. He would just say, okay, can we do it yeah. after? You know, like that patience and very helpful at being able to go and uh, practically help out with things. And yeah, they just have such a special bond. Um, it's really nice. And I think as well, second time round parenting, like I think all of us, but having the big age gap, I finally was still at school during the day. So I still had like nine to three of just me and the baby soaking that up. But I also had so much time where I felt like so confident parenting. You know, you didn't worry the same as first time round about silly things. And yeah. you didn't question yourself quite the same. It's quite nice, the second, I think, just because for that reason, you're just so much more aware of, you know, that your capability to be able to do things. Yeah, you really trust your own judgment a lot more, I think. Um, And you're not on that sort of frantic, like, flight, fight kind of mode. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel stressed about the sleep situation or anything like that. And, yeah, just generally felt a lot more confident in my parenting decisions and and just generally and I think as well just appreciating the time like you know it got it just goes so quick like mm. that it really is over mm. <laughs> like the baby phase and Louis walked at nine months old so my oh, baby phase with him was oh, very oh. short <laughs> oh, oh. that is so early that is so early I know I know I actually had to say to um who was it the other day like a physio or something and I was like is his legs gonna be ruined for life because they're a little bit bored because he started walking at like nine months she was like no they'll come right I was like okay (laughs) so 
yeah, but so many benefits for me or so much that I just I said love them. Definitely their bond. Like, oh, they just play. And now that Louis is a little bit like I just in the last month he's got into the stage he can properly play and they are quite rough with each other. Like they love to chase each other around the boys. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's so gorgeous. Oh nice. Yeah, it's great. Mm. So um are you able to tell us and the listeners a little bit about what the birth glow is? Yeah, so I created this. So I sort of had this in my mind as a vision for many years, but it finally came to something um, last year. And so I really wanted to create a space and be able to provide holistic like childbirth education and support um, as well as like parenting, breastfeeding support and then also be able to work with people who have had a traumatic birth and to have a bit of a healing you know session through that as well. So I created the Birth Glow mid last year and that is done so I'm on Instagram so far and I have been running with lockdowns and COVID times I ended up moving everything online and so I've been doing sort of like Um, positive birth prep workshops on there and I am running full antenatal classes this year so there'll be holistic childbirth education in a like six-week block and you can work one-on-one with me for birth preparation as well so that's my birth kind of education that I'm doing I'm really I know a lot of people will focus on the parenting stuff and I'm focusing on the birth uh, more so because that's where my heart lies yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just think as well yeah. like if you can have a good birth it definitely just gives you a really good step into motherhood yeah um, yeah. yeah as oh, well so definitely that's that and I'm also offering um like birth support and doula services so oh. that's really exciting for yeah. this year too I am very gosh so much yeah I know I does sound like a lot when you say it like that but it's really it all just flows quite nicely together um and so it should be really good so that's yeah I'm doing that I am I just really want to create a space for pregnant people that they can come and they feel safe and they Mm. feel supported um and it's really up to date evidence-based research it's new stuff it's not something Mm. they're being told from like when their mom had kids or when their mum's mum had kids or something that's maybe quite out of date now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that doesn't come with judgment. It just comes with a whole heap of support. So that's my childbirth education. So you also do lots, lots of work with birth trauma, you said as well. What, how would you define birth trauma and how do you think the, what's the best way to work through it? Yeah, and so birth trauma. So a lot of people haven't heard of birth trauma and a lot of people will live with birth trauma and will just think that was normal birth. And I think that comes down to us, like, generationally, you know, we just hear of how her- we hear horrific birth stories told over to us. So from when we're little, we just think it's screaming at the hospital. It's all this this horrific kind of experience um and so when but people... also don't people love to tell you their awful birth stories when you're pregnant yes oh they do favorite yeah. Thing. Yeah. they definitely do and I think like now doing the healing birth training I think a lot of that and people projecting their traumatic birth onto you as part of their own sort of like 
guarding themselves, protecting themselves, and also a little bit of like trying to. Sometimes when we project it, we want to like be hurt. Yeah, <laughs> you yes. feel like yeah. a, a pregnant person, someone who you know they can relate to it because they're about to go through it. You know, like that mm. kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's not. I don't recommend people do that to pregnant people at all. And it was. I'm like, oh no, no. There's a time and a place, but it's not to someone who's about to give birth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone loves to tell people traumatic birth stories, and there is there's just so much the media. Like, if you think back to movies and TV shows that you watch, it's just like waters burst and everyone's screaming like, "Quick, get to the hospital! Baby's coming!" And it's like this terribly horrific experience, mm. um, and it's just showing how much pain. There's never. That's always what birth is kind of described as is the pain, the pain threshold, how painful it'll be, how no one can say the power in it or the surrender or the lessons you'll learn from it or how you the challenge or that you'll work with yourself and your baby and you'll really go to like new depths of yourself yeah and so I think that stuff's just not talked about and then um, I first learned about birth trauma again at the it was at that conference that I went to it was a two-day home birth Aotearoa one and it was the first time I had ever heard of this thing called birth trauma and it was about explaining what birth trauma was and then I kind of went ah so you know when I kept saying no 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 I don't want that VE like vaginal examination and they kept forcing me to have it like that horrific moment that played over and over in my mind for my first birth like three years on I was like that wasn't just normal something that wasn't very nice about birth that was like a traumatic response to something that happened and yeah. it really validated that um, experience and then yeah so I first found out about it then and then of course I had Louis many years later and you know I still did antenatal classes second time around mostly to meet people going through the same like mm. thing same time and you catch up with your babies you know um, afterwards and I remember everyone going around and telling our babies would have been maybe I don't know like two months old or something telling everyone about their births and I remember feeling this yucky, like, shame for being the only one to have a positive birth experience. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to tell them because I don't want to, like, you know, not validate how real and how raw and how, like, um, huge their traumatic births were. Mm. And yeah. I was like, this is, I really want to focus on, on jumping into this area and sort of having information so that birth trauma can be minimised out there and um, if you have experienced birth trauma, actually being able to name it, that it's not just birth, like that was birth trauma and yeah. having methods to cope and heal through it. So when Carla put the call out in the beginning of last year to train a group up of healing birth practitioners, I was definitely down. Mm. Um and yeah, it's been amazing. I think as I well, it's you. like really important for people to know that there are people like you who are there to talk or like work through it with yeah. them. Because honestly, I just wouldn't have even had any idea that there was someone out there that would be able to talk through that with me, like even up until the last like my last child so yeah yeah and you're so right there's so many people who say I didn't even know that was a thing or yeah. you explain mm. like what birth trauma is which I, I will yeah. explain that in a moment um, yeah. and people say 
say, oh, I just thought that was normal. Yeah. Or I just thought birth was. And, you know, like I met someone who had a baby. Uh, this was when Louis was about six months old. We had babies on the exact same day. And she said to me, oh, you had a home birth, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I did. And she said, oh, my God, me too. And it was so traumatic. It was awful. It was unplanned. It was an accident. Um, oh, it was just, like, horrific. And I remember thinking how we had babies on the same day, both born at home, and hers was so traumatic to her and mine was so positive to me that mm. it's really not about the actual situation. It's about how you feel about the situation. And for her, that was feeling really out of control in that situation um, and yeah. scared. Mm. And for me, it felt really comfortable. Yeah. So definitely you can have your birth trauma doesn't have to come from being the like the most kind of intense medical experience or physical experience. Mm. It can be whatever you say it is, whatever you feel trauma yeah. from. And I think that's the biggest is just like your feelings are so valid for new mums that if they had had something happen during their labour and their birth – and it's maybe to they feel like to other people it's not a big deal, but to them it replays over in their mind, or mm. it was just something that they felt they lost a bit of control over. Um, like that is that is birth trauma, and mm. it is so valid, and it's so worthy of doing the work to heal that and to overcome it. Yeah, mm, that is so. That's very well put. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it is, and you're right. It's totally about. I've never heard it really put that way before that it's about how you feel about the situation and it could have been a super duper intense birth and really medicalized and things gone wrong but actually if you feel fine about it then it's not but similarly you could have had a really what would be seen as a medically easy birth and find it traumatic it's down to you not a label other people put on it yeah and so birth trauma can be um physical it can be psychological it can be any of those things, it can be a mix of both. And so for some people and for often we know, well, we know when we're in our birth space that we are so vulnerable, like we are at our most vulnerable. So often like anything that you have felt vulnerability about in your life at any point in your life um, can resurface. So any past trauma can resurface if it's kind of re-triggered in that time of vulnerability. So things like when you lose your sense of power so when you're being told you have to do this or you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to get in the shower we have to break your waters or you have to get on the bed things like that can start disempowering a person Mm -hmm. um and then they go into a bit of a fight and flight response um and it can just sort of snowball like that and then it ends up quite a traumatic feeling for them but it can be Yeah, it can be over something that to them doesn't feel on paper huge, um, but their feelings and emotions about it are. And Mm -hmm. also it's often overlooked. Like so many people will have something traumatic happen to them or end up with an emergency cesarean and it's not at all what they planned or hoped for. And everyone says, oh, well, at least you got a healthy, happy baby or at least you're both alive. At least you got a healthy baby. And you're like... Well, it's not really at least. That's the bare minimum. Like, mm. of course we yeah. all hope for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, not just at least we're scraping the barrel here. Um, it doesn't at all validate or acknowledge 
that birthing person's like em- emotions around that situation. So interesting when you actually think about it, isn't it? Yeah, it really, yeah, it really is. It makes you really reflect on your own births, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's so, so interesting, and it does. It makes you reflect, and that's the thing with childbirth education and birth trauma and things is that actually it does trigger us second time round or first time round, and it does make us relook at our own births and our own journeys mm. through a different lens. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Megan, you also have a really big focus on the birthing process. So what is that and why do you think it's so important to understand that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's an awesome question. So understanding, having a deep understanding of the birth process has so many benefits. And actually, it's one thing that I am going to say most people or a lot of people go into birth having very little knowledge about you know in this day and age in our modern lives we (laughs) don't have we aren't at birth from children like Mm. we're not like how it used to be we're not seeing birth we don't hear birth stories we're not being told about it you know it's not a normal well as a normal part of our lives but we're also so disconnected from our own selves and our own bodies and trusting the process you know we often through our pregnancy put so much um trust and responsibility and care into someone else's hand for us rather than ourselves you know we for example and i'm not saying any of this is is i'm very neutral about whether it's a good or bad it's it's great but you can we try to look at like a scan to see if our baby's okay or, or we check in at our midwife appointment but we don't ask ourselves you know, we don't trust ourselves. But also in the same breath, we don't doubt that when the, our little Pregnancy Plus app tells us, your baby's growing ears this week, we're just like, oh, is it? that's cool. Mm. That's cool. Like, we yeah. just know it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think yeah. having a deep understanding of the birthing process is that it's that giving the power back to the birthing person so they can make actually informed decisions for their care. Mm. Um, and they know what's normal and what's not normal they know that their body is actually going to provide them with a whole amazing cocktail of hormones to help support them and get them through that that their body is 100 yeah. percent designed to do what it is doing um and birthing their baby and that working with their baby um and that there's many different stages of labor and birth as well yeah i think we have we we often think of birth as a very risky process but we don't doubt that our bodies are going to grow from like a tiny cell this amazingly perfect newborn with mm. all its features mm. and it just it's does incredible, it. isn't it it just does it i mean oh, how i know I, I know i'm always like but how how does it happen like, yeah. how <laughs> and it really is just so amazing and you go to your 12-week scan and you see this like perfectly formed tiny little thing flipping around the screen and it's got like a head and arms and legs kicking a spine and a heart beating and you could like have been so so sick yeah and you could have been so sick for like three months and lived on nothing but like a few biscuits and your body's just done that for you like it, it just knew how to do it it just knew and so I think taking that with you into birth not doubting does my body know how to do this Yes, it does. Like if you're a healthy, well pregnancy, it does know how to do this. Your baby will work with your body. And 
understanding like early labor can go on for days, weeks, hours sort of thing a long time it's not like how in the movies it can just be like out shopping and your waters break and you've got to rush to the hospital and get a baby out i mean for some people it can be that quick definitely like everyone's journey <laughs> but Georgia. It, and you, you're a quick birther yeah. and so definitely for like some people absolutely but not for everyone and i think everyone gets caught up on this like a lot of people i work with it's that um, it's taking so long in early labor and like I just want to hurry up the process I just want to hurry up and it's about being like trust your body like yes it is niggly and it's going on for days and it's exhausting and then you get excited at 5 a.m when you've had like contractions on and off for a few hours and you're like oh this is it this is it <laughs> and then the sun comes up and it all tapers off and you're like ah oh, okay it's not it and so people get quite exhausted and frustrated with oh, yeah. that like yeah you know definitely and so I think when you understand the birthing process and you understand how your cervix is changing and how your baby's moving into a different position and the different hormones that come into play and all of these amazing things and how you can work with your body, um, like staying upright and staying hydrated and how your birthing environment can play such a role in your labor as well can really make such a difference to how people perceive birth and how their perception when they're in the birth space themselves when they're going through that journey it's really about surrendering and letting go letting yourself go through that journey and not trying to grasp all the control over this process you know it yeah and there is there's two people involved in a birth people often think it's just mom but there's a whole little person, that baby, that's got to come out. And you have to work oh. with them as well. You know, it's their journey too. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Oh, I just love birth. Yeah. It's so cool. Pregnancy so is just I. awesome. Yeah. I reckon I could definitely give birth. One, once a year, I could do a birth, I think. <laughs> just to experience that feeling. Yeah, yeah, I, I do love it. Although in saying that, I've always been like, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then second time around and you know you get to that point I think it's before transition and then you're like oh shit like hmm. this is a bit shit like I remember this now and I'm like really I kept saying to the student I kept being like can you like just do something she's like what do you want me to do I'm like just do something and then I kept saying I just need a minute like I need a minute to regroup <laughs> just need a minute she's like you've not got a minute your baby's crowning <laughs> I was like okay oh, oh. that was it but yeah just be like I think when I hit that transition phase I was like I'm gonna go um because I don't really want to do this anymore so I'll just see you guys later <laughs> yeah that was literally me as well and that was even being like I love birth and all this prep work for many years and then I was still like in labor and I hit that transition and I was I had a bucket like I was felt sick and I remember being like I'm not sure if this was a good idea I don't yeah. know. This probably wasn't a good idea anymore. I'm like, I'm a little bit late, mate. Too late. <laughs> yeah, a bit late now. So the final question we have got for you, Megan, is what is one baby product or item that you absolutely couldn't live without? Oh, oh, I don't know if it's a product, though. Like, you've kind of got that. My first, like, answer was boobs. For oh. me, it's the boobs. Yeah, they can be. <laughs> they, they, can be they get the ba- baby to sleep. They, yeah, that's for me. That's my number one. But 
oh, if I had to think of a product, I'm going to go with a front pack. Like, Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hands we, we love a front pack. We, we love, love a front, a front pack. pack. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Front pack would be number one for me. The boobs as well. What else? I'm trying to think. I can't even really think. Oh, I do love. I mean, boobs is a great one. Like, I don't think you can you can top it really. No, definitely, definitely boobs and this all the support you need to have them working in a good way for you um, would be oh, yeah. my number one. And probably just another product. Can I call my mama product? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> call my mama product. Aww. I'm very like kind of anti baby products to be honest. I if I'm that's yep. terrible, isn't it? I'm like bare minimal, and I'm just like sometimes we just need to shut out the noise of all the baby stuff, yep. like, and all yep. the stuff that surrounds us, and and just get back to what we really need. Um, and it's the support, the support, the nourishing meals, like slow postpartum and just connecting skin yeah. to skin. Get rid of everything, yeah. just the boobs and skin to skin. Oh, uh, and a shower. Yeah. <laughs> shower and bath for you, baby. Quite good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. That's so good. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us, Megan. Um, we absolutely love chatting to you. And I think we've all reflected on our own births as while talking to you, which has been really, really, really special. Um, And you're just such a wealth of knowledge and we really appreciate all of the work that you're doing in this birth area. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much. It's been awesome to chat to you guys and yeah, talk about, I could talk about birth and all of that stuff forever. So (laughs) it's been so nice to talk tonight. I definitely think we'll have to book in a part two. Yeah, I agree. Yes. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for listening today, everyone. Um, If you enjoyed the episode, we would really love it if you could follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts. Keep an eye on our Instagram to see our exciting guests for next week. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. See you guys. Bye. Bye.